Alright everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Warning Track Talk podcast and we are back with episode 51 and we're going to talk about a lot of things today since we haven't been on in a while and uh, yeah, we're finally back Dave and uh, I'm feeling great, how are you feeling? I'm doing pretty good. I I wish the Phillies were doing as good as I'm feeling right now for this podcast, but that's all right. We'll we'll try to, you know, lift up your hopes, if you will, Uh, bring back some positivity with the news that we're going to share today. Um, For most of most of the part, the the news we have today is good. Uh, So I think that that should be a uh, good rhythm for today's podcast. That's right. No, no episode 50. No, no gloomy podcast, even though, you know, episode 50 was supposed to be some celebratory podcast. But, hey, we got episode 51, and it's going to be way better. Yeah, go check out episode 50 uh, if you haven't already for our rants on the Phillies. Um, I, I was – we were originally going to do, uh, you know, an episode 51 as kind of a rant too on the Phillies. Well, I wanted to do that. But instead, uh, this episode we're going to be talking about some more positive news for the most part. We'll be recapping some of the last Phillies games, uh, which are depressing. So maybe <laughs> that's where we'll start. And then we'll end with some pretty positive news in terms of the Phillies making moves. So I guess, Dave, uh, are you ready to get into it, pal? Of course. Yeah. Go ahead. All right, so today we're going to be talking about how the struggling Phillies at a record of 9-13 and 13, have traded for former Boston closer Brandon Workman, also Heath Hembree, and David Hale from the Yankees. We'll talk about that towards the end of today's podcast, and we'll talk about what the Phillies gave up uh, and how the players of the Phillies are getting back, how will they do, how have they done in the past. Uh, but first, uh, I just want to say that all stats we talk about in today's podcast are directly from Baseball Reference. Um, and today, I guess, well, first off, we're going to start with a recap on some of the last Phillies games uh, that we didn't really recap because we were, again, gone for a couple days. Um, but the Phillies uh, did lose two heartbreak games to the Blue Jays. Uh, that was on Thursday in a doubleheader. Uh, and then they got routed the following night. Uh, that was Friday night's game by the Atlanta Braves. I think the score was like 11-2 to when it was all said and done, something like that. But the Phillies in one of those games where they lost against the Blue Jays, they were leading 7 to nothing at one point. They lost 9-8. to um, so they've been struggling as of recently, and that's why they needed to make the pitching moves that they did. Uh, we'll talk about that again at the end of the well, middle towards the end of the podcast. Uh, but our big kind of some big questions we kind of want to bring up and I'll get Dave's opinion on it. Um, as I said, the Phillies were routed by the Atlanta Braves in Friday night's game. Uh, I believe it was 11 to two. Um, Aaron Nola pitched that game. He only went, I believe, I don't even know if it was three full innings. Um, he struggled heavily in last night's game, even with his command. His fastball wasn't as good. His off-speed was not as good as we've seen in the past. And that brings up the question, Dave, is Aaron Nola, we've been talking about it for a while now, yes, he had that stretch of excellence, but is Aaron Nola a legitimate ace? Well, <clears throat> honestly, I think Aaron Nola in 2018, of course, we always go back to 2018 because Aaron Nola had a scion caliber season. Um, but Aaron Nola, are, are we certain that he can replicate that performance? I mean, we've seen stretches of him uh, this year in 2020 where he's been able to look like that guy. But uh, Aaron Nola, he, he just seems like he has feel for his pitches one day and the next day um, he loses feel. So uh, we'll see if he can remain consistent. Hopefully this was just a rough start. I, I mean, I know there's starters out there where they just have rough starts here and there because they just don't have a feel for the pitch that day. But yeah, um, to talk about Aaron Nola and his stuff, 
Uh, he seemed like his stuff flattened out a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the curveball was okay, but I even feel like the curveball was missing some um, some depth, and that might have been part of the issue with Nola. I saw that uh, home run given up by Travis Darno, and, um, you know, it didn't get as far down as Nola probably would have liked it. So, um, you know, it was just payback for a pitch that was over the plate. And, um, yeah, Nola... Uh, he, he's a guy that's smart and competitive, and I think he's going to go back out there next time, and he, I think he's going to do better. Uh, it just sucks because we don't want to see him go back to that 2019 NOLA, especially since we're making moves now and, um, you know, potentially re-signing the guys that we make moves for. So uh, we definitely want to be competitive, and I think the front office is really trying to um, embrace that mentality and uh, that notion by going out and getting these guys. So hopefully NOLA can step up and uh, be that number one guy ace for us that we really need in that rotation but uh push comes to shove if he's not i mean i don't know what other options you want to go with whether you know you try and get someone in the offseason or whether you throw wheeler there but i don't even see wheeler being an ace so um you're definitely a rough spot but uh i don't know i think that they like nola as the ace of the rotation and they've stuck for him uh they've stuck with him for years now so i can't see them making any moves to try and get him out of that spot in the rotation but um nevertheless i do think aaron Noll is an ace uh it's just questionable because of his consistency i think that was well put there dave i really do um you know with that said i do think that aaron Noll and zach wheeler you know is a good one-two punch at the top of the rotation I'm just not so sure if Aranola is, you know, I think he's more of a questionable ace. Um, there are starts where he is good. And, you know, maybe, like you said, Dave, you can write this off as a bad start. Um, Aranola did see the Braves, uh, what, what was it, two weeks ago, a week and a half. So, you know, they know his stuff. Of course, they've seen it, you know, throughout the years as the Phillies and the Braves play each other a lot. But, you know, they did just see it about a week and a half ago. And that's kind of the problem with this shortened season is teams are seeing each other so often, more often than usual in terms of this short span, um, that they're going to pick up on pitchers' movement uh, quicker than I think they would in a 162-game season. Uh, the next uh, kind of news we're going to talk about is Alec Bohm, who has been tearing it up at the plate for the most part for the Phillies ever since he was called up last week. Uh, he made three errors, three, in one inning – in last night's, which was Friday night's game, against the Atlanta Braves. And that brings up the question, is Alec Bohm's defense really this bad? We've known that, you know, he has some problems defensively, but we were kind of told by media that it's gotten better. He worked on it, but right now I'm just not seeing it. The guy just is taking bad routes to a lot of baseballs at third base, and even though Bohm is hitting for the most part, it's not a great start at all defensively in terms of his major league career. No, and I, I'd certainly agree. I mean, we all know we all know that Bohm isn't a guy who's going to go out there and he's going to make those stellar plays. He's not a Matt Chapman. He's not a Nolan Arenado by any means. But I, I do think that Bohm has a good arm. And um, I did see the throwing error in last night's game, and I, I think that's something that Bohm really needs to improve on. I think it's a rookie mistake, but I think um, he's just got to learn to slow down when he's playing third base after he um, fields that ball and make a nice, solid throw to first. Because on that play right there, it seemed like Bohm was rushing a little bit. And <clears throat> honestly, I feel like it comes down to knowing your runner. You know, if you know that your runner uh, takes some time to reach for first base, then take advantage of that. You know, take some extra time to be able to compose yourself, make that throw. 
as opposed to someone who you maybe just need to field the ball and get it out. So, you know, it's one of those instances that I think he's going to learn. Uh, it's definitely a learning experience. Now, you know, Bohm has been in the majors and has played in games for about a week. So, I mean, well, even a little bit more than a week, like a week and a half. So, uh, Alec Bohm definitely still new to this whole Major League Baseball thing. But, uh, yeah, three errors, it's pretty much unacceptable. You hate to see it, and um, hopefully he can learn from this. Like I said, I think it is a big learning experience for Alec, and I know he's one of those competitive guys as well, just as many athletes are, and I think um, he's smart enough to know that uh, he can't keep making errors like this if he wants to play third base. And, um, you know, we have Reese at first right now, so there's not really much room for him to slide over to first. And in that case, you know, who would we put at third? So there's just there's a lot of question marks. And I think that right now, Bohm just needs to play the position. He needs to feel it out and he needs to learn. And I mean, yeah, it's going to lead to the Phillies um, probably losing a few more games. And, you know, that at the expense of, well, errors and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely tough. But like I said, learning experience nevertheless, and Bohm will definitely get better. Uh, nobody knows when. You know, Bohm was never a really good glove, but um, definitely brings the bat, and I think that's where he makes it up. So, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much what I have to say about Alec Bohm and his glove. But, yeah, nevertheless, unacceptable, Dave. What, what's your take on this? Uh, I would agree. I, I think that it's unacceptable defense. I mean, I do think that it's growing pains, of course, being a rookie. Uh, but it looks like the Phillies, I mean, I would imagine they keep on putting him at third base. He's got to work out of it. He's got to get better there if the Phillies want to keep him there long term. Uh, who knows? Matt Klintak uh, is, is a fireball. <laughs> who knows what he has in mind in terms of, you know, trading different players to move Bohm, whatever. But for right now, it does appear that he'll keep on playing third base, just hoping that it doesn't cost the Phillies too many games. Or if he does make an error, let's hope the Phillies are up by a lot of runs. Uh, but to help save maybe a big run lead, the Phillies made some additions for the bullpen, which have been the bullpen has been the worst bullpen I think I've ever seen. Uh, I don't even think the bullpen with a tan, uh, Antonio Bastardo in 2013 or 2014 as your closer that wasn't even that bad as <laughs> as this bullpen. And Bastardo went on a stretch where the guy just couldn't pitch, uh, bringing up a little bit of some rebuilding Phillies names there. But anyway. Uh, on Friday, this was Friday morning, afternoon, kind of. It was around noonish, I think, one o'clock. Uh, the Phillies first trade, or well, they first in terms of the first move of Friday, they traded right-handed pitcher Addison Ross in exchange for 32-year-old right-handed pitcher David Hale from the New York Yankees. Um, in 2020, David Hale uh, was 0-0, so he didn't, you know, cost the Yankees, I guess, really any games uh, in terms of no losses. There, he had a 3.0 even ERA. Uh, in six innings pitched, he did have seven Ks in those six innings pitched and did have a 1.6 whip, which is walks and hits per innings. Um, and Hale is a guy that usually will induce weak contact when he is on. When he is on his game, he will get those ground balls, get that weak contact, get some double plays. Uh, but the Phillies, they did give up Russ, uh, who is much, much younger than David Hale. Uh, but again, Russ, Addison Russ, who the Phillies gave up to the Yankees, uh, currently has no major league experience and did struggle a little bit in summer camp with the Phillies. So this is probably a move to get some major league experience to get a guy who's ready now. Uh, and David Hale can eat some innings. He was a starter before, or they thought when he was first coming up, he was going to be a starter. So the guy can go longer if you need him. Uh, I don't know if he will be the Phillies long man. 
I feel that that might be Vince Velasquez. I don't know, depending on where he starts. Um, but I think that David Hale is an improvement to the Phillies bullpen. Yeah, and honestly, uh, I think David Hale was one of those uh, trade pieces that the Phillies just wanted uh, so that they have a little bit more depth in that bullpen. I know that they've brought up a lot of guys, <clears throat> whether it was from the farm system or guys that they signed in the offseason that were just kind of uh, guys that they plugged in there. But um, obviously, that's not something that's going to help long term and especially for a team that wants to compete. So uh, David Hale, uh, you know, I mean, he's had some bumpy seasons and that's something I want to go over as well. So let's get right into that. Uh, so according to baseball reference, uh, Hale was pretty good up until 2015 and 2016 uh, when he might not have been as healthy, but in 2015, he actually pitched 78 and a third inning. So uh, definitely just had a rough year. But ever since then, <clears throat> he's pretty much trended in a pretty good direction uh, in terms of his numbers in 2018, pitching to a 3.12 ERA over eight innings and then a 3.11 ERA in 37 and two thirds innings in 2019. So, <clears throat> sorry, have to keep clearing my throat. I think it's allergies. But um, anyway, yeah, Hale seems to be getting better. Uh, some pitchers get better with age, and I think Hale might be one of those guys. Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely don't think that he's a strikeout guy by any means. I think he's a big contact guy, but, um, you know, that's fine. Um, you know, the Phillies could just use some pitching that uh, is successful, and I think Hale is sort of finding himself, and he's really getting, you know, into his groove and finding out who he really is. And, you know, even though he might be discovering his success as of late, it's nevertheless success that the Phillies could use um, towards getting wins. And just putting it into the bullpen, a problem that was, you know, really uh, well known uh, from, you know, a fan standpoint, then, you know, I think, I think it's worth making the move. And yeah, you go and you trade a guy like Addison Russ uh, for David Hale, you know, you, you hate to trade a young arm with great potential. Um, but, you know, the Phillies, they, they want to win now. I know we've said that before. And um, Addison Russ is one of those guys that the Yankees that the Yankees wanted for David Hale. And don't get me wrong, I don't think David Hale is worth a lot in terms of trade value, but um, Addison Ross is who they traded. And um, looking on MILB.com, uh, in 2018 and 2019, Addison Ross did really well. And um, before that, struggled a little bit. But um, yeah, he worked his way all the way up to double A. And while he was in double A, I believe he was five and six with a 2.54 ERA in 55 total games. And believe it or not, he pitched 56 and two thirds innings, striking out 81 batters and holding them to a 223 average. So definitely really good. I think Addison Russ has a lot of potential. Um, now, of course, the bats down there in the minors are definitely different than major league bats. But, um, you know, uh, the Yankees might be able to get something out of Russ. You know, they saw him, uh, and maybe they see some potential. So uh, the Phillies got a deal done, and um, it's definitely going to help them in terms of trying to win more ball games now and really adding to that bullpen, Dave. So um, what do you take from the trade? I know it sucks that Addison Russ is no longer a part of the Phillies organization and is now a part of the Yankees. And um, one thing I want to touch on is the Yankees and their uh, facial hair rule because Addison Russ... Uh, he likes facial hair. And, uh, yeah, uh, maybe he has to shave it off now. You know, so uh, that's another thing to talk about, Dave. Uh, if you want, cover all those bases. Yeah, I'm not going to go too much on it. 
I think that I gave a lot of my opinion in the beginning when I was first bringing it up. But uh, I, I, I don't hate it. I don't love it. I don't think I, – well, I do think that the Red Sox deal, we'll talk about it in a little bit, was better than this deal that the Phillies did. Um, <clears throat> with Undoubtedly. I think it is – it's a move to get better now. Um, I don't know, which I probably should check. Let me uh, let me do that real quick. I didn't have him up for some reason. I had Heath Hembury, who we're going to be talking about in a second. But um, just looking at his contract right now, if I could find it. Here we go. Uh, he, he is uh, he's a free agent in 2024, Dave. So David Hale, the Phillies will have him uh, until, well, I believe, his age – 36 season, um, depending on when his birthday is. So, yeah, the uh, the Phillies are going to have this guy for a little while, and hopefully uh, he can, you know, at least help them out in that bullpen because it's been so bad. Uh, but I guess we'll move on to the the bigger fish, the the, the entree. We wanted to save it for last. Um, and on Friday night during the Braves, absolutely destroying the Phillies pitching once again, Cole Irvin and Delise Guerrera, the Phillies traded for right-handed pitcher Brandon Workman and right-handed pitcher Heath Hembree. Um, the Phillies gave the Red Sox, or in exchange for that, the Phillies gave the Red Sox right-handed pitcher Nick Pavetta. Nicky P is gone. He's, he's done. Oh, he's not no, here Oh, no, David. The traditional inconsistencies. Oh, my heart. <laughs> he- he, he's out of here. He's gone. I'm excited. Uh, but the part I'm not so excited about is the Phillies did give the Red Sox the main piece of the deal for the Red Sox. Right-handed pitcher Connor Seabold, who was one of the Phillies' top pitching prospects in terms of relievers. Uh, but he can be a starter, too, we're hearing. Um, so that is something to keep in mind that the Red Sox wanted to get. Uh, but this was a desperate move. The Phillies had to do this. This was uh, desperation, kind of gasping for air. And the Red Sox said, you know what? You give us Nick Pavetta. Oh, by the way, I thought I'll also put this in there. The Phillies will also be getting cash. And the reason why they're getting cash is because the front office of the Phillies, Matt Klintek and John Middleton, would like to stay under the luxury tax for the 2020 season. Therefore, uh, the Red Sox did give cash in exchange, uh, as well as I believe the Phillies are also going to be getting uh, a player to be named later, which is usually a prospect of some sort, not very high in the ranks. Um, but the Phillies will be getting a player to be named later or more cash. So we'll have to see. But again, cash was a big part of this deal. And to be honest, I think that the reason why the Phillies may have gave up Connor Seabold, um, there were some other names that were being thrown out there, uh, but I think they maybe wanted Seabold for that extra cash. You know, they might have settled for a different prospect, but, you know, if the Phillies were like, you know, we need to have this cash to stay on the luxury tax, pay Workman's contract, pay Hembry. Um, that's something to keep in mind is maybe the Phillies did have to give up something a little bit better to get that, uh, or to get the Red Sox to eat that contract. Um, but at age 32, Brandon Workman was the Red Sox closer the past couple of seasons. Uh, 2019 Workman was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. He was 10 and one with a 1.88 ERA. Uh, he pitched in 71.2 thirds innings. Uh, he gave up 29 hits. 104 strikeouts, um, but he did walk 45 batters, which is pretty high. Um, but the hits are down. The strikeouts are way up, which is great. The walks can be a little bit of a problem. We'll have to see. Uh, but in 2020, so far, Workman has posted a 4.05 ERA in 6.2 thirds of an innings pitch. But don't uh, I want to be too concerned about that. He got roughed up a little bit early in the season, but he's been coming down and he did pitch well against the Phillies the other day. He struck out Bryce Harper. Um, so that is something to keep in mind. 
Uh, Heath Henry, the other part of the uh, trade going to the Phillies, has struggled a little bit in 2020 after being smacked. I mean, smacked around by the Phillies um, the other day. He has posted a 5.59 ERA in 2020. Again, prior to that, his ERA, I believe, was two or lower. Uh, so now that he's on the Phillies, you could pretty much say two or lower. Uh, and in 2019, he did post uh, a 3.86 ERA uh, in almost 40 innings of pit or 40 innings of work. Uh, and that's pretty solid, to be honest. Uh, but Hembry's main asset is his ability to throw gas. Uh, he throws a lively fastball. I believe he is 31 or 32, so he's uh, he's about at, at the reliever's prime. Usually relievers uh, get their prime around 28 to 32 years old, at least in my opinion. Uh, so Hembry is, is there, uh, but Workman continues to get better, even though as he ages, Hembry seems to be hitting his strides right about now. Uh, and as we talked about before, I let Dave take it over. Uh, the Phillies gave up Nick Pavetta. <sighs> Thank God he's gone. Uh, one of the worst pitchers in the Phillies uh, ever, in my opinion, in terms of ERA this season out of the bullpen. He was so bad. His ERA was so high. Uh, but again, the Phillies also gave up Connor Siebold, who is liked around the minor leagues. He's liked by scouts. He has very good stuff. Uh, and if he can put it together, uh, the Phillies probably gave the Red Sox, um, you know, a starter uh, or a great bullpen piece. So, you know, he can be a number three, can be a number four starter uh, at his best, maybe even a number two, who knows. But, you know, I, I have seen Connor Seabold pitch uh, in the minor leagues at Reading. Uh, he has good stuff. He's effective. Um, so the Red Sox, that's their main piece. And, and I think they should be happy with Seabold. On the other hand, if you are a Red Sox fan and for some reason you're listening to this, uh, if Nick Pavetta comes in the game, just I would turn off your TV. I'm going to be honest with you. I would shut off the TV regardless how big your lead is. Um, but, yeah, Dave, what do you make out of this trade here? It was the entree. The Phillies get Workman and Hembry, which were desperately, desperately needed. Uh, but if the Phillies don't re-sign Workman after this season, after he's being a free agent, the Phillies relatively gave up Connor Siebold, one of their top prospects, for about a month of Brandon Workman, uh, you know, depending on if he – um, you know, again, resigns or if the Phillies make the playoffs, but maybe Matt Klontek wouldn't have made this deal if they didn't have something in the works to sign Workman. But, but what do you make out of it, Dave? Well, <clears throat> honestly, I think it was a beautiful trade and um, I, I really like it. You know, you're getting two guys that are pretty much in a reliever's prime, uh, so to speak, and uh, both throw really, really nice stuff out there on the mound. And it's really nice to see the Phillies be able to finally uh, solidify their bullpen a little bit by picking up these two guys. But uh, nevertheless, getting on to uh, the pieces that we traded away, uh, Nick Pavetta, obviously he's somebody who's just not consistent at all. I, I think his uh, his ability to throw gas is there, but uh, it's very hittable for some reason. Uh, nobody really knows why to this point. He went to driveline from what I'm hearing, and uh, he worked out with some guys. And it just... You know, we thought maybe things would be different this year, and they just weren't. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I, I think the Phillies uh, have finally had their fill of Nick Pavetta, but you never know. Maybe the Red Sox were talking to uh, Matt Klintak, and uh, Matt Klintak was like, no, you're telling me I have to give away Nicky P? No way, man. I don't want to give away. But you know what? It was a good move. <laughs> it was a very, very good move, and I'm glad they did. You know, I hate to throw any shade at any pitcher, but Nick Pavetta just couldn't get the job done. And I think that's what it came down to. The Phillies wanted him to be in that rotation. 
and it, it just it wasn't happening. You know, they tried him there. Uh, he ha- had success for a little bit back in, I think it was 2018 or something like that. But um, after that, just plummeted. Absolutely um, horrendous performances. Has had only a few flashes of greatness. But, I mean, I, I know what the Red Sox are seeing right now. They're seeing that Pavetta can throw gas, that he has really good stuff. He just needs to learn how to harness that. And that is the truth. You know, but sometimes pitchers aren't able to harness that, and therefore they miss out on the success that they could potentially have, and Pavetta might be one of those pieces, which is why the Phillies let him go. And so, like I said, I'm very happy that this move went through. Yeah, both relievers are a little bit older, um, being, you know, around 31 years old, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, they're two solid guys. They throw really nice stuff out there on the mound, and honestly, getting into Brandon Workman, like you were saying, Dave, dominant 2019, you know, and I think that speaks volumes about the type of pitchers that we're trying to go out there and we're trying to acquire, and yeah, in 2020, he hasn't been as good, but I think he's still a tremendous piece to be added to the Phillies bullpen, especially with all the troubles that we've had, and then moving on to Hembry, uh, looking at his past seasons, uh, he's been pretty good, and the longevity of Hembry has been good as well over um, over the past four or five seasons. So uh, Hembry definitely having, you know, pretty good seasons. But uh, the only questionable part about it was 2019, where he only threw 39 and two-thirds innings, uh, as opposed to his traditional, uh, you know, 50 to 60 innings. So uh, hopefully Hembry can get back to throwing more innings, and now I know he's not going to in 2020 due to the lack of games being played, but uh, hopefully in 2021 uh, he will be able to throw more games, and I do want these guys re-signed. If we're going to give up a guy like Seabold, then you have to re-sign them, especially since we've struggled to get bullpen pieces, you know, especially healthy guys. You know, we tried to sign a bunch of veteran guys in free agency. Hasn't worked out, and that's been over the course of the last few years. So they went out, they traded for these two. These guys are bona fide bullpen pieces and Brandon Workman, a bona fide closer who will go out there and uh, he will close out games for you along with Hector Neris who could do the same. So I love having that versatility in the pen. I think it's something that Joe Girardi wanted and we all know that Joe Girardi can manage a bullpen. So um, <clears throat> knowing that, I think it was a great move and I know a lot of people now are questioning Girardi's ability to uh, control the bullpen because we have a bunch of young guys, but that's pretty much the reason that uh, people are questioning him is because the Phillies just have a bunch of these young guys that they have available as opposed to veteran guys that have success. They they didn't have those. What was Girardi supposed to do? Just keep on throwing the same guys, Neris and Alvarez out there, and not to mention Alvarez took 105 to the Nads. So, you know, that's... <laughs> yeah, that was... That was, that was scary, very man. unfortunate. Very unfortunate. Very. And, um, you know, it brought a tear to my eye. So, uh, yeah, definitely not good, but um, hopefully he comes back soon. My prayers go out to him, and, uh, you know, we love you, Jose. Hopefully you come back, and uh, hopefully you're uh, not hurting too bad. We miss you. But, uh, yeah, pieces for the bullpen. I'm very excited, and uh, I can't wait to see how the rest of the series goes with Atlanta because we finally have some better bullpen pieces, and hopefully the rotation doesn't slouch because, you know, Dave— the Phillies are that team that just doesn't seem to uh, come together when get it all get it all at one, right? <laughs> yeah, they they can't seem to get all four tires rolling. 
You know, so this is something that needs to come together. If we're going to try and get the bullpen going, then we need the, we need the rotation to start performing as well. Okay, we can't have Nola start to crap out on us a few starts into the season when we go out and we acquire these guys through the trade market. It just we can't afford it. If we want to be a winning team, we have to have things clicking. All right, and granted, Bryce Harper's having an amazing season along with Phil Gosselin and a few other guys, but. Everything needs to click, and I think that's the main idea here is that, you know, through all these trades, you know, none of them hold any significance unless the the factors to winning really do come together, you know, and that's that's just it. So, uh, yeah, the pieces yeah. of the pie need to come together to, uh, to feed the boys. And so, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess we'll see what happens. But um, nevertheless, a wonderful trade, and uh, Dave, I'm pretty – I'm pretty much sure that you're in the same boat as well. I, I am. I'm excited about it. And, you know, one thing that I just wanted to throw out there is this. Well, first of all, Heath Hembry is also a free agent after the season. Um, well, he's only signed through this season, I should say. So, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, to be honest, uh, like you said, Dave, you got to resign these guys. Um, you know, you gave up Connor Seabold. But I think this really, when I look at it, was a desperation move from Matt Contact. To save his job, he knows that the bullpen he put together was not good. We've talked about it before. I've been a critic of Matt Klintak. Uh, I, I don't know if you are. I don't know if you want to say if you are. But um, I, I think that this was a desperation move by Matt Klintak to try to save his job. Uh, and we'll see if it pays off. It looks like a good trade on paper. I'm not so sure about the hail trade. Uh, but I think the Red Sox trade was a much better job by him uh, to be able to get cash back, to stay under the tax. To get two good relievers, yes, you did give up Connor Stiebel, but you also get rid of Nick Pavetta, which is great. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think the most interesting storyline to look out for uh, is Will Workman, Will Hale, Will um, uh, Hembry. Who, uh, Hembry. Sorry, I'm going to get his name off my, uh, my head here. Uh, but if they'll be available tonight, who knows? Uh, but it's also going to be interesting to see. I think the most important topic will be if – Brandon Workman is the closer of Hector Nero struggling. Um, if I was Joe Girardi, I would have Workman as the closer just because he has done that in 2019. That was pretty much his main role, either eighth uh, setting up for Matt Barnes. That, I believe, was their stuff in the beginning of the season. And then in the latter part of 2019, they decided to go with Brandon Workman as their closer. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think it should be interesting. Uh, the Phillies will play the Braves tonight. Uh, that game will start at 7-10 in Atlanta. Uh, Zach Wheeler will be on the mound for the Phillies versus Robbie Irwin or Erlin. Um, I believe the Phillies hit Irwin a little bit ago. I'm not so sure about that, though. But the Phillies need to step it up. Wheeler needs to get the win. Phillies are 9-13. and They are four games out of it. They are tied for last place with the Washington Nationals. They are technically in fourth, though, since they haven't played as many games as the Nationals. Or no, they have played as many games as the Nationals have. Yeah, well, whatever. You get what I mean. Um, <laughs> you can watch on NBC Sports Philadelphia, and you can listen on 94.1 WIP. Uh, and if you do speak Spanish, uh, you can listen to WTTM 1680, as that is the Philly Spanish radio. And Espanol. Uh, I mean, this was a lengthy podcast. Uh, it really feels great to be back, Dave. I'm hoping that, uh, you know, we can get some more podcasts out. Maybe tonight we could do a little bit of a recap, or, you know, in a couple of days we'll do a recap on this series. We'll have to see how kind of the schedules go. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's pretty much it for me, Dave. I mean, are we ready to wrap it up, pal? 
Yeah, man. I, I mean, I really liked it. This podcast went pretty fluent. And uh, yeah, it, it's been pretty good. One more thing that I have to mention is that Robbie Erlin, uh, according to Baseball Reference, does not have very good uh, stats. So the Phillies should beat up on him tonight, and uh, hopefully they do take advantage of them. We do have a lineup that can, so hopefully our offense can come together and uh, put up some runs as opposed to last night when uh, we just couldn't. But I'll tell you what, Freed's been very good as of late. So being able to see him stifle the offense a little bit was um, something that was at least a little bit expected, even though last year the Phillies kind of uh, had Freed a little bit. But, you know, the tides are turning, their pitchers are maturing, and we're going to see the Phillies start to really have to battle these uh, young Atlanta pitchers. But um, yeah, Robbie Erland, does not seem like he is a long-term solution there by any means. And, uh, yeah, he's pretty much a filler spot. So the Phillies need to take advantage uh, for these games. You know, if they're going to stay in contention, if they're going to go and pick up all these guys, then we need to win, and uh, especially against these Atlanta Braves. So uh, let's get the win, and uh, let's just keep hoping that the Phillies can once again make it to the playoffs since uh, the last time they made it was 2011. Woo! <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, hopefully we can win the series, win Saturday and win Sunday. I would be happy if we take two out of three in Atlanta. I would be happy with that. Uh, But, yeah, I just want to say thank you to everyone who listened to today's podcast. It was a great podcast, at least in our opinion. Uh, We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Anchor. Please go check us out on all those platforms. Please go share this podcast with your friends, family, uh, you know, regardless if they are baseball fans or not. Maybe it will get them interested into baseball. Uh, we're always trying to get new fans to come over to baseball, uh, you know, if you haven't already. Uh, and, yeah, just thank you, everyone. Stay safe out there, everyone. Thank you to the healthcare and the frontline workers. As I always say, go check out Dave's Instagram and YouTube at Major League Talk for great baseball content. Um, and the last thing I just want to say is the Flyers did win last night. They beat the pesky Montreal Canadiens to move on uh, to the second round of the playoffs as they will take on the New York Islanders. Uh, so hopefully the Flyers can continue to have success, uh, continue to move on in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So congratulations to them. Uh, but hopefully the Phillies can kind of follow up their playoff run and have a playoff run of their own. Uh, if they can get things uh, kind of more straight and uh, get the wheels uh, to start running in the correct direction. Because there have been games that the Phillies have lost that are very winnable. The 7-0 lead against Toronto. Um, you know, even the game where they led two nothing in the first game of that doubleheader against the Blue Jays, both of those games were winnable. Um, so yeah, you just got to battle, and and hopefully the Phillies with new pickups um, can really brighten the ship and do better. But yeah, uh, go Phillies as always, and stay safe, everyone. That's pretty much all I got, Dave. Yeah, and before I conclude the podcast, I would like to bring up one more thing. Uh, since we've talked about Nikki P a lot on this podcast, we are not done. You know, we, we will keep tabs on Nicky P and see how he is exactly faring over there in Boston. If he decides to turn into a Cy Young candidate, we'll let you know. But um, <laughs> That would be our luck. You know, yeah, that definitely would be our luck. We've seen a lot of guys become successful after we trade them. So, uh, yeah, well, we'll keep you updated. But for right now, uh, thank you to all of the frontline workers. Thank you to all of the people that support this Warning Track Talk podcast. If you like our content, then make sure to listen to previous episodes and uh, future episodes as we come out with them. But um, yeah, for right now, we've had a great time and uh, we appreciate all of the support as always. But this has been the Warning Track Talk podcast with your host, Dave and Dave. <laughs>